Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go on a Monday, November the 11th. It is 2019, and a big shout-out and salute to the men and women, along with their families, serving uh, this country around the world today. Happy Veterans Day. We want to thank you very much for protecting our freedoms each and every day. This day is for you, certainly on behalf of myself and the rest of the family here at uh, SportsGrid.com. We want to thank you very much for your service, and it allows us to do things like, I don't know, break down football games, and what a week, man, what a week it was. What a weekend it was between the college games on Saturday, the NFL games uh, yesterday, and the best part about all of this is that it's not over yet. We have maybe, I don't think we could ask for a better Monday night football matchup than the one we are getting tonight between the undefeated, the only undefeated remaining in the NFL, the 49ers at home in Santa Clara taking on the, uh, well, possible, at least the front runner for the MVP should be there and Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. This is a big game tonight, but before we get to that, We got to talk about the game of the day yesterday, and that is, of course, the battle for New York. The Jets taking on the Giants. Danny Dimes, Sam Darnold, the future of the two New York NFL franchises were on display there yesterday. And can I tell you, they both passed with flying colors, as far as I'm concerned. They both did uh, things that, listen, Danny Dimes, you can't ask him to do more than he did behind a makeshift offensive line that was just, they were losing guys left and right all week. Lost Nate Solder. He got battered. He got knocked down. He got sacked. But he didn't throw an INT. And the same damn thing can be said for uh, our good friend Sam Darnold, who didn't see a lot of ghosts yesterday. What he did see was a lot of running lanes. And what we did see is not something we have often seen from him, but him using his legs to be able to get out of trouble and pick up big yardage and first downs. When it was all said and done, the idea of Le'Veon Bell taking on Saquon was just, eh, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Not with those offensive lines. It wasn't going to happen. But what we did was, listen, the Jets made a few more plays than the Giants did, which is why they won 34 to 27. It was actually one of the more entertaining games of the day, and at least for another week, uh, Adam Gase is, uh, he's still on that hot seat, but at least for another week, he don't have to worry about taking the back pages. That's going to belong to Shermer because Shermer after that game yesterday, yeah, maybe, uh, he did, uh, Adam Gase, the biggest favor, took the heat off of Adam Gase because it's on Pat Shermer right now. That was, that was pretty bad yesterday by the Giants. Happy veterans day, Joe. Happy veterans day degenerates here on make it rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it, Joe. You start with the Snoopy Bowl. And listen, 
Sam Darnold and Danny Dimes combined for more yards rushing than Saquon Barkley and Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell. What kind of odds could we have gotten on that one? I wonder. But one of the things we talked about in this game with the bad offensive lines, the, you know, the sack total there was five and a half combined for both teams. The Giants give up six themselves. But Danny Dimes with a good statistical day. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean... Listen, Joe, I mean, the the race for the number one draft pick shook up a bunch yesterday, right? I mean, the Jets get a win. The Dolphins get a win. The Atlanta Falcons get a win. But Ryan Finley and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals look like uh, what they're supposed to look like against who is now, Joe, the favorite to win the NFL MVP award. You talk about Russell Wilson. He is now the second choice to win the NFL MVP behind Lamar Jackson at plus 250. Lamar didn't even have to play the fourth quarter. He looked so good, and the Baltimore Ravens looked good against albeit the Cincinnati Bengals. But it was a great weekend, Joe, and you said it. It started on Saturday. P.J. Fleck is crowd surfing, and to be quite honest, I would not put it past Pete Carroll to do the same thing if he gets a win to end week 10 of the NFL season on Monday night. Yeah, we could not ask for a uh, certainly could not ask for a better game than what we are going to get tonight. We're going to see just how good that San Francisco team is at home. And can they uh, continue to be undefeated? And can Seattle uh, say not so fast? We're not uh, exactly ready to anoint you the Kings of the West just yet, but There's still plenty of football left to go in the season. And again, the race for Tua or now Joe Burrow. Uh, There's still plenty of games to suck, Uh, not to mention that the Washington Redskins didn't play this week. They had a uh, bye week, as did the Philadelphia Eagles, as did the Houston Texans. As a whole lot of teams uh, had byes this week. Yeah, making it uh, a very compact week number 10 in the NFL for Sunday, but the matchups, nonetheless, they delivered across the board yesterday in the NFL. We often, we often bitch and moan sometimes when we get to a Monday, cause all oh, these games were terrible. They were either blowouts or they were not interesting. Well, even the least interesting, the, uh, you know, the jets against the giants, even that proved to be a damn entertaining football game. And at the end of it all, that's really all we want guys is we want to be entertained because it is, Well, it is a form of entertainment after all. It's sports, but it is entertainment. And every game across the board yesterday, hell, even the Atlanta Falcons taking on the the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, uh, it was just you kept watching that game going, all right, Drew Brees is going to come back. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. And, nope, they never came back because I don't know where that defense has been for the Atlanta Falcons, but that was exactly the team that we thought we were getting to start the year. Exactly what you saw there. Tough, hard-nosed defense uh, getting after you. And then, of course, Matt Ryan doing what he does well, spreading the ball around, giving guys an opportunity to make play. All of that happened yesterday for the Atlanta Falcons. I just don't know where the hell it has been for the first nine weeks of the season. Like, where, where was that? Because that, to me, was exactly why people spent their money on a futures ticket with the Atlanta Falcons going... That's what I expected. Like that. Give me that. Give me, give me the jar. Give me six sacks of Drew Brees. Right. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's too late for this team, but that to me was inspired football by the Falcons yesterday. 
I mean, they're, they stand now at 2-7, and seven, so it is probably still a little bit too late. But after the bye, maybe they clean some stuff up. And you see Matt Ryan, not a volume thrower in this situation anymore. Only yep. 35 attempts. The run game, even without Devontae Freeman. But on the other side, you're right. Three sacks six times. And Joe, odd for the Saints, 12 penalties for 90 yards as well. So some mistakes on the New Orleans sides to clean up if they truly want to be. You know, getting a buy-in. Mistakes everywhere in the NFL. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Looking to make it rain for you on a uh, Monday here. It is November the 11th as week 10 of the NFL season. We'll uh, come to a close tonight in California, Santa Clara, as the 49ers try to remain unbeaten. And they welcome Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and company there to the uh, to Levi Stadium in hopes of being able to put the brakes on uh, what has been a pretty crazy season thus far for the 49ers team. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an epic uh, game, I think. I think this is going to tell us a lot about both of these teams. And here we are at week 10, so there shouldn't be a whole lot more guessing to figure out. And uh, they're really, at this point, you are what you are. Your identity is your identity, and we know what both of these teams represent. Now it comes down to execution. Two well-coached teams, two good franchise quarterbacks that like to run the ball. Yeah, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a fun game to watch. That's for sure. I do think it will be safe to say this is probably going to be the stiffest test for the 49ers thus far this year for them, and we'll see how they react at home. But there's still plenty of football to play here in the NFL. Just through Week 10, of course, Week 11 early lines are out. Some interesting notes there, too. We'll talk about that coming up. But it was all about the sports books yesterday. They once again cleared house, guys. They, uh, You wonder why sports books are in business? Look no further than what happened yesterday and the carnage of the public better who backed the Chiefs, the Bills, the Saints, the Colts, the Rams. Oh, yeah. And last night, the Dallas Cowboys doing what Dallas has done for the last 20 years, and that is play 500 football because that's what they are. They say your record is what it is, right? And, well, the Dallas Cowboys record for the most part of 20 years, guys, has been 500. And they showed you again last night why. Uh, and it wasn't for Dak Prescott. It wasn't certainly for the offense. They did more than enough to be able to win that game at home last night in prime time. But the defense, yes, the Dallas defense, if it isn't one thing, it's another. Missed tackles all over the place. No answer for Dalvin Cook. Uh, Zeke Elliott, 20 carries, 42 yards, 40 some million, two yards of carry. That's not going to cut it. Not when you got $65 million to your name now. 
yeah, that really wasn't very good, especially with a healthy offensive line. And the defense, I don't know what happened. I, you know, I, I had said that that defense was a bit overrated. I didn't trust them nearly as much as I trusted the, uh, the, the Vikings defense to get the job done. And they did a great job. Anybody else but Zeke Elliott was going to beat them last night. But that didn't stop Jason Garrett at the end of the game from running him twice into the back of his offensive lineman's ass trying to run the ball when he had only been able to run the ball for two yards of carry the whole game. Then, of course, on fourth down, he allows Dak Prescott to throw the ball. And, of course, by that time, it was too late. Vikings and Kurt Cousins, Dane, won a prime time game. And Kurt, by the way, what can you say? The rejuvenation here, whatever's in the water, whatever they did after the first couple of weeks, uh, kudos to them because he came out like a man possessed, did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, for the Minnesota Vikings and, uh, and get the ball to guys that can make plays and don't turn the damn ball over. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, absolutely. That definitely happened. And, and let us also remember this team, what Joe call it like a month ago, right? Like Adam Thielen was in the news talking about it. Stefan Diggs was talking about wanting to be traded. Right. And they have turned it around. Okay. Um, and I juxtapose that against some other teams that when it goes left, they haven't been able to really, like, get it back just yet. I think the story of this game, Joe, honestly, was a tale of two different offensive lines and almost like fake news, right? You hear the Dallas Cowboys, right? And you hear them that they're one of the best kind of offensive lines in the league and all that stuff. Well, Zeke Elliott going 20 carries for 47 yards is not evidence of that, you know? And then with Minnesota, you kind of think of them as a team that struggles with their offensive line, or at least they have in the last couple of years. Remember, they did draft the kid Bradbury, I believe, early this year in the draft, but Dalvin Cook, let me come on now. Dalvin Cook, 26 for 97. Even Madison, the backup running back, looking good in his limited duty. And I think it's a testament, Joe, to how important the offensive line really is. You hear, you know, Zeke Elliott, and you think it's all that running game. But remember, Dallas had this huge offensive line. And when they didn't show up, Zeke Elliott, you know, gets what? 2.4 yards a carry. That ain't going to cut it. I think the battle in the trenches, specifically the offensive lines, is really uh, was a big part of this game. Yeah, play calling once again, not showing up, not getting the big plays when you need it. It's been an MO of Dallas for a long, long time, and it continues to be as they are now five and four, guys, and they are now going to be chasing uh, Philadelphia once again. It was a big opportunity for them last night, and they just could not get the plays. I mean, 17 to 27, 247, three touchdowns. Dak Prescott going into the fourth quarter there, going into actually mm-hmm. the second half. Had an opportunity, man, with a 130 QBR rating. They could have really, I mean, it wasn't Dak's fault, man. He was playing lights yeah. out. Him and Amari. Randall Cobb uh, all of a sudden, sure. too, making plays. And then they just, for some reason, in the fourth quarter, thought that Zeke Elliott was in his two yards of carry with some size going to explode. And it just did not happen. If you want the ball in the, the hot hand, the hot hand wasn't the running back. The hot hand... Right was Dak Prescott, and they went away from it at the most ridiculous of times again. And you got to wonder, like Jerry sitting up there looking at uh, Jason Garrett going, how much more of 500 football do you got to watch here before they decide to move in a different direction? Well, Lincoln Riley is going to be the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. 
um, in about three months. Um, unless Dallas reels some off, but I still, and you and I have both said this, we still think Philadelphia is the class of that NFC East. They're another team, much like Minnesota, who had a little bit of an issue and has like self-corrected, in my opinion, discovering Jordan Howard in the run game and all that good stuff. But, you know, I, I'll say it right now. Um, I, I believe Lincoln Riley will be the head coach of the Cowboys next year. Yeah. And that, and that defense too. I don't know what else to say. Dallas, uh, yeah, I mean, the Vikings just gassed you every chance they got. Big play. And I want you to know this, too, about the Cowboys, which is interesting. Keep this in mind. The Cowboys had a chance to play the Vikings without Adam Thielen. They had yeah. a chance to play the uh, Green Bay Packers without Devontae Adams. Okay? And, you know, you can go down a list. They've had opportunities to beat the better upper echelon teams without star players, and they haven't been able to win a damn game without it. So... It's just, it goes to show you, big game, not much has changed in Big D, especially at these moments. And the schedule, I think, gets a little tougher, too, as they continue to move on. Uh, yeah, They're going to have to I win. Have it up. It's, What's it's the next three them, weeks Joe. of their games? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, let's look back, because you're right, Joe, and there are five wins, Joe, four of them right, mm -hmm. are against two against the Giants, one against Miami, and one against Washington. Okay, so let's remember that. That's four of their five wins. They did have the big win against Philadelphia at home, which gives them technically the lead right now in the NFC East. But as you look forward, Joe, you're right. It does not get easier. I mean, the rest of the season, I mean, their last week 17 is against Washington. Okay, so mm -hmm. and they may luck out next week. Next week, they're in Detroit. But Matt Stafford, you know, has his back issues. That sounds like it could be a longer term thing. So they may get lucky and see a little Jeff Driscoll next week. But after that, Joe, at New England, home for Buffalo, and we'll find out what Buffalo is. At Chicago, that might be tough for Chi at Chicago. That's a Sunday night football at Chicago in December. I think it'll be cold there. Then they got the Rams and the Eagles, all teams who will be likewise fighting for their mm -hmm. spot. You know, they're kind of in a place where they're going to be punching it out. They got to beat the people in front of them if they have any kind of ideas on the playoffs. But so mm -hmm. do their opponents. And given the kind of quality wins that the Dallas Cowboys don't have, I don't mm -hmm. know. I'll take Philly over them. I'll take I'll take probably the Rams over them. I'll take probably, you know, Chicago over them. We'll see. Those will be – it'll be tight. They'll have it in front of them, but they got to deliver. Don't trust that defense. And uh, of all those teams you rattled off, they're, they're the worst of them uh, with the defense. So it's going to be a long the Bears, second the half of the season days, for but... Jerry Jones and the Cowboys if they don't pull it together. It ain't going to be easy for them, though. We'll keep going around the NFL yesterday. We'll do that coming up next here. Make it rain. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. So, 
it might be time for you to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel. Why not this NHL DFS season? If you join DailyRoto.com, you can learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS. Get line combinations and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey, and you're not using Daily Roto, well, then you're doing it wrong. You can enter the promo code ACTION right now for a 10% discount. That promo code is ACTION. Get yourself a 10% discount. And keep in mind that DailyRoto.com, it's where millionaires are made. And, yeah, it was a uh, it was a hell of a weekend in the world of sports. Some definite uh, teams that a bit of a head-scratcher. Other teams proving their worth and... We will hopefully see tonight another great game to finish off week 10 of the NFL between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Uh, but one team, of course, that was just, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, they keep winning games. They're not supposed to win games. You're supposed to lose. So you can grab either, you know, Joe Burrow or Tua at this point. But no, don't tell the Miami Dolphins that. The Miami Dolphins just keep winning games. They keep covering games. They go into Indianapolis with just, listen, Brian Hoyer, you've been around a long time here, guys. That uh, with Frank Reich, you're, you're better than that. There's no way you can let that Miami team come in there and win that game. And, you know, covering's one thing. The 11 points was a little ridiculous to begin with, but I get it. It's not, but you're not telling me that the drop-off between Jacoby Brissett and Brian Hoyer is all that all that much, guys. You can still run the ball, still get it to your playmakers. Unless I'm missing something, the Indianapolis Colts have quietly become one of the worst home teams in the NFL. The only they, We get two different teams with Indy. We get the Indy on the road, and we get the Indy at home. And the Indy at home doesn't win. They don't cover. It's a very strange thing going on there. They're too well coached. They've got too many players that should be playing better than what they are. I don't know. Maybe they're the most confusing team to me from this weekend because they have the ability to play great football, sound fundamental football, but they just can't get the job done. And when you can't get the job done against the Miami Dolphins, yeah, they got to take a look. There's, there's something not right about that team right now. Yeah, Joe, you know, and I think two things. I don't want to try to overcomplicate this game. I really only have two things to say about this game. One is that, you know, when you talk about players uh, underperforming, we have to, you know, I'm going to go back to this, Joe. We got to consider Adam Venateri, one of them as well. He missed another extra point. And, you know, if this game is three instead of four, I, for a team like the Colts, and they put up a graphic yesterday, Joe, something like eight of this team's games have been decided by one score or less. And in that kind of team that's going to be in close games, you need your kicker to deliver. We've had this conversation already. He missed another one. The other thing I'll say about this game, Joe, is, and people maybe don't want to realize it, Joe, Jacoby Brissett is a pretty damn good quarterback, Joe. 
okay? And, you know, you say Brian Hoyer has been around, and he has. He should be serviceable enough. But let's not forget, this is another team that has literally had to go to the man who was third on their depth chart at the preseason, right? Pittsburgh's had to do it. The Jets have had to do it. The Broncos have had to do it. And so I don't know what to expect. But what I will say is that Jacoby Brissett, I think, wins that game, doesn't throw three interceptions. I think the Colts need their starting quarterback back. Again, I, I, I don't care if you're playing quarterback against the Miami Dolphins defense that ranks dead last in every statistical category. It's inexcusable to A, turn the ball over three times, but That's B, spot him yeah. 10 points in the first quarter, which was just absurd, and then not be able to get it back and not be able to stop them from what they were doing. And again, Fitzpatrick continuing to convert third downs. You know, mm-hmm. continuing to get first downs, no answer. And that defense alone, you know, what's the excuse? You got your second, you got Malik Hooker back. You've got all your guys. There's no, to me, I, I just don't get it I, on either side. They should be way better than they are. And, you know, congratulations, Dolphins. I don't know what you're doing. That's your second straight win. So yep. you are pretty much out of the whole Top one or two draft picks now. I don't. I think and they're the it, fifth pick right now. I think and it's only right going to get worse. I don't see how they. It's amazing to me. And give Brian Flores credit to this point because this guy's won two more games than anybody thought he would. Number one, but number two, that defense that he's put together with the the moving parts that he has there with a bunch of guys with names on their jersey nobody has heard of. And nobody has uh, on fantasy teams, by the way. They've allowed only 30 points the past two weeks. I mean, they are doing – the defense is allowing this team to stay in games. And we know Mr. Backdoor Cover, nobody better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I yep, think Brian Patrick. Flores, give this guy some credit. They came into that game giving up over 400 yards and 32 points per game. Their two wins, yeah, they only average 15 points per game. So Flores is doing something right. Uh, in that locker room because he's got guys believing and that's a dangerous team no matter what you do yeah uh Kalen Balaj and Ezekiel Elliott had the same stat line yeah there you go 20 yeah. carries for like yeah. what 40 low 40s yards like 43 yards or something um, I take so the Dolphins I think defense. that'll say something but this was I'll in a take winning the Dolphins effort. defense over the Cowboys defense there any you day go. there you go yep. I just I do believe though Joe that you know um, you ask a Jacoby Brissett with T.Y. Hilton, you know, I think they could score more than 16 points against the Dolphins. You would think. I, mm. I want to see if the Colts bounce back when they get their quarterback back in the same way we've seen, oh, Pittsburgh right the ship now that Mason Rudolph is back, that sort of thing. You know, so, I mean, I, I think the Colts are compromised, and unfortunately they were compromised to a degree where they couldn't beat the Miami Dolphins, but we tip our cap and kudos. The Dolphins are still playing, and like I said, they're now, I believe, the fifth pick. Cincy's worse than them. Washington worse than them. They have the heads-up win against the Jets. And I believe the, Do- the Giants are now 2-8, and eight, uh, as opposed to the Dolphins 2-7, and seven, putting the Dolphins at the fifth overall pick. Not exactly what they were looking for if they were, in fact, trying to tank. And we definitely, there's got to be at least one or two more possible wins on that schedule for the Dolphins. They have Cincy on the schedule. They have oh, the Jets God. on the schedule again. Yes. They're screwed because <laughs> right. it's they obvious to, lose to Cincy and the Jets. Yeah, it's obvious that they have a, a mindset in there. You know, the front office might be, uh, you know, hoping to tank, but it's quite obvious they're right. not. 
I think it's really Fitzpatrick. Like, honestly, honestly, mm. like, there's a legitimate energy around this dude. And I know yes. Joe talk about trends and angles and data, and I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. I cannot quantify it, okay? But there is some – it's like Nick Foles with his big Nick energy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's literally something around it. I saw – I'm sure you were watching parts of this game, Joe. They were, like, trying to draw the Colts off sides, right? Like, right at the end of the third quarter as yep. time is going down. They don't do it. But you know what happens? And I caught this – Literally go in a commercial break. There's like three of the Colts who like come up to Ryan Fitzpatrick and like smile and give him a pound. And they're like, yeah, guy, you ain't going to get us on that one again. He's slapping the butt of Colts defensive linemen. It's there's a thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And to be quite honest, it's been that way his entire career. He wears Mm. Deshaun Jackson's jackets to press conferences. Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall loved this man when he was here with the Jets. And, I mean, you've played sports, Joe. I mean, there's something there that cannot be quantified about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know it sounds crazy, but the magic is real and the Dolphins are better for it. He's the perfect, you know, he's the perfect, lovable underdog. He's always been that his entire career. And he's been known as a guy that maybe not have the most, the best skills, but he is a guy efforts. Never been a question in Ryan Fitzpatrick's career. And when you get a bunch of young guys rallying around a dude like that, who just won't quit no matter how bad things are getting and goes out there and, Listen, he's laying his body out again. He's diving for first down. He, you know, he had to be taken off because of the concussion protocol. Right. I mean, that's because he just he's sacrificing everything. It's hard if you're a young guy trying to make an NFL career. How are you going to dog it when when this guy's 30 some odd years old and he's just laying out? So I, I think it trickles down. I think future of the Miami Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have to really worry about putting that on tape for all these other teams. You know what I mean? Yet he's still going out there the exact opposite of what the the Dolphins would have seen if they kept Josh Rosen under center, right? Josh Rosen being that aloof, non-leader, entitled persona. Then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick just being wild and crazy with everybody. And I mean, it's, it's real, Joe. The uh, Brian Flores is also uh, uh, for real. And I got to tell you, this is a guy that had many opportunities this year to go the other way. Uh, But I can tell you right now, there was a decision made in that coach's office to win games and do what they had to do because any other franchise, and we know a whole lot of them, there's no way they would have brought Fitzpatrick back to start. They would have just, they'd have died with Rosen. They'd have seen what they had. But this is a guy that made the decision. Let us not forget. Remember, three days into camp, he fires his offensive line coach. Why? Because he wasn't doing the job. So he sent that message right off the bat, and he named Fitzpatrick the starter. But then there was outside pressure for, well, what are you doing? You got to see what Rosen's like. He tried that for a couple of games, and then he goes, you know what? Hell no. We can't win with Rosen at quarterback. So he made the decision early on. He didn't let it linger. He did that three days into his tenure as a head coach with the Miami Dolphins. And he did it again here with, with the whole quarterback situation. And now you get a bunch of young guys believing uh, that they can win and should win. And this is You've got a team now that's probably going to win four or five games. And they're going to be outside the top ten for a draft pick. Uh, congratulations. Season win total over. What was the total? Three? 
I think it was four and a half. Four. Oh, Maybe guys, that's in trouble. Oh, that's in trouble. I like four and a half and then went down. That's in trouble, guys. Yeah, the Dolphins are going to be number with the 18th <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Unbelievable. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. There's a, uh, it's interesting, a trend has uh, emerged in the NFL and one that I think will continue to uh, bear fruit for teams years continuing after this now, at least for the immediate future. And it's not something we have seen in a long, long time. It's actually something we've, we've never seen from teams where the whole trading uh, of players, whether it be mediocre players, whether it be guys coming up with contracts, what, what, whether I'm tanking, whatever it may be, I don't think there's any doubt that the trades we have discussed in the NFL over the last couple of months um, have been absolutely monsters for the teams getting them. Marcus Peters heading to the Ravens now and solidifying that secondary with Jimmy Smith and Earl Thomas. That secondary is night and day than what it was prior to Marcus Peters getting there. Minka Fitzpatrick, do I really need to, do we really need to justify Minka Fitzpatrick? I know Steeler fans were all crying and yelling, oh, you don't give up an asset for a set. Well, you know, he's actually the guy responsible for you rattling off your last four wins there after starting, you know, one and four. So, He's had an impact. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, there was a lot of back and forth with him as far as that. Listen, that secondary is better because of Jalen Ramsey in it in the Rams. Make no mistake about it. But then you got guys like Kenyon Drake, who the last couple of weeks have, you know, 25, 30 carries, 150 yards, uh, 10 or 15 receptions. And you start going down the list. Hell, even Michael Bennett, Jadavian Clowney. Guys that switch uniforms and teams at trading from being traded, you know, when the season started, it's not something we've seen in the past, Dane, but let us not forget, you've got guys like A.J. Green, Trent Williams, you've got teams that are holding on to these ridiculous assets for what reason we have no idea. You suck, and yet you're paying guys to sit on the bench when you could have gotten in a complete overhaul for dudes, and yet you've got nothing to show for it while teams that were willing to go, you know what, cut the cord, let's go, let's move on, let's, you know, trade the assets. You got contenders making moves that are working out, and you've got other teams that are holding on to the past who aren't doing anything because they're stubborn or screw you. Well, congratulations, man. Every one of those big name trades, Dane, these guys are playing big parts in contending teams right now. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, you know, we talked about it going into the trade deadline. We talked about teams like Cincinnati. Why are you holding on to whether it's A.J. Green or Tyler Eifert? We talked about a team like Denver even with some of those mm -hmm. pieces, right? Washington, obviously. You went through a couple of names on the defensive side, Kenyon Drake. Honestly, Joe, I think the biggest one is one we're going to see tonight that you didn't mention, mm -hmm. and that's Manny Sanders for these San yep. Francisco 49ers really adding an element to that passing game. I don't know if you want to consider him a true, quote-unquote, number one receiver, but he's able to do all the things that Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan and that offense need. So absolutely, teams went out and decided, this is what I need, and, you know, for the most part, they are better for it. Minka Fitzpatrick, again, a defensive touchdown, and some people... People are saying he should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year, really mm -hmm. solidifying that secondary. Same with Marcus Peters. You're like, huh, what are they doing? You know, um, they go out and get Marcus Peters. He is known to be a DB that likes to take chances and gamble, and it worked out well against my boy Rifi. Um, what's the Rifi password again? But he went pat he went pick six against yes. them yesterday. Yeah, but again, it's, you know, you add a dimension yeah. to a team that was lacking in that department. It's tough to give up. You know, the future in the NFL of franchises is always in assets and draft picks. That's how you build teams in the NFL. You can't put together like the NBA does, dream teams. and those. Like, you have to have, that's gold in the NFL. And to part with it is not an easy thing to do. And teams have been very reluctant in the years past to right. part with draft picks in hopes of, you know, maybe getting a landing a player or trading a guy. No, they always want to hold on to it. Cincinnati, of course, and uh, uh, and many aspects. Listen, the Jets for in many aspects are the same situation there as Washington and Cincinnati. You got assets. You're not going to win games like what the hell are you doing? I think we're going to see more and more of that as the years go on here. I think teams are going to look at their situation after training camp and they're going to be like, yeah, we're not going to be any good here, man. Like I like we've got to. I don't think the worry or the stigma of how do you trade draft picks, I don't think for teams that think they can compete, I don't think anybody's going to question it anymore. Yeah, and I mean, Joe, this is, in essence, what you're describing is two of the biggest taglines I've been saying to you for the last year, right? One is that it's the race away from the middle. So if you're going to declare yourself, you got to make these moves. You got to stomach it and actually kick it down the road. Look, I mean, the Raiders did it, and now they're starting to see the fruits of their labor. You talk about mm -hmm. some other teams and who decided to look themselves in the mirror and who did not. And then the other thing I've said to you many times, Joe, is that the NBA way of doing business this is starting to come to the NFL. And that's exactly what you're saying here, Joe, that teams used to, in past years, be very, very reluctant to make these kind of deals in season. I remember at this point, this is like six or seven years ago, the Colts and the Browns made a trade where Trent Richardson was traded in like week five or six of the NFL season. And that was seen as such a huge move because mm. it never happened in season. And now we are seeing it more and more. Like I said, the NBA way of doing business is coming to the NFL. Yeah, it's um, at least part of the NFL. Some teams are willing to roll the dice in order to be competitive and not kick the can down the road, while others are just refusing the reality of their situation. And yeah, that's uh, let me know how that works out, because a bad draft, a bad trade, the upside the upside could be great if you're competitive, but, you know, the other part is that 
and look at the Jets. Look at some of these teams that have had, you know, two years, the the Itzik days and, and right. others. You go, you all of a sudden, a bad draft or two. Guys, you are putting your Set franchise. You yeah, I mean, you are setting them back three to five years every time you do that. So that's why drafts are so important. And I think that's why it, it's they haven't been willing in the past to, to give up that draft capital, Dane. Because that's yeah. let that's how you build that's how you build a franchise. I mean, Miami's all in through the draft. They're not in through free mm-hmm. agents. They're not trying. They're trying to build it through the draft because that's how valuable it is. I just I think we're going to start seeing more and more teams take chances that they that think they can compete. And some of these teams, by the way, every team we mentioned here we are week ten, Dane. They they pulled the plug. They pulled the trigger on it. And guess what? They're still in the playoff conversation. Every one of these teams is battling for a playoff spot through week 10. There isn't one of these trades that's like, oh, God, what that was terrible. What the hell were you thinking? Every one of these trades has helped these teams. They've probably helped these teams. I don't know if I consider the Arizona Cardinals at 3-6-1 still in it. Yeah, but they didn't give up anything. They didn't give up anything to get them. That's the whole – that's the beauty of it. And now you got a young 24-year-old running back that could replace a 31-year-old, you know, uh, always hurt uh, Johnson there. So – yeah, what did you give up? What exactly? Yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm just saying they're not. I don't know if they're a playoff contender right now. That's no, all I'm saying. No, but the point is you won yeah, the trade right. is what I'm saying. Yeah. You didn't get yeah. anything up, and you got yourself a 24-year-old running back that sure. obviously, even on a bad team, is pretty damn good. So yeah. you win. You know, no, you I, win. I don't disagree with the move. You got to go ahead and do it. And here's the other part of it. You said something, Joe, like about how it sets the franchise back. You know, the other thing teams need to start doing is developing the testicular fortitude to admit their mistakes. Okay. And that doesn't happen a lot either, Joe. And you know this, I submit to you Blake Bortles, right? Mm. They go ahead and spend the top 10 pick on him. The entire NFL knew that he was not that dude, right? And they wind up holding on to him for years and years and years, setting the franchise back. Unfortunately, Joe, even though they got a win yesterday, I believe the Chicago Bears are in the middle of that time frame right now. And how long will they hold on to their pride thinking that their top three pick has to be the guy before they realize? And, you know, there's going to be options in the offseason next year, right? Some veterans that can maybe be bridges, some guys you could take a shot on so i wonder if like you're saying teams are more willing to trade i wonder if teams are going to be more willing to accept their mistakes as well well you know the other there's there's another extreme to it which of course is what teams don't want to be and you don't want to be cincinnati and washington and hold on to assets that are clearly you should not have but at the same time you can't go hog wild like the Rams and start to do anything and everything uh, and set your franchise back because you're writing contracts for players and you're not admitting your mistakes. You got a lot of money tied up in a quarterback who, let's face it, can't play, uh, guys, on a lot of different levels here. You got a running back that you gave a bunch of money to that also not 100% won't ever be 100%. And, yeah, now you've got to do something with Ramsey that you trade. Like, so – you're right. Admitting the mistake and also admitting that, you know what, guys, this is probably not going to be our year. You know, having the foresight to be able to be like, Ugh, we got to pump the brakes right now and reevaluate. You don't want to be the Rams and have no cap space, no draft picks. And for the next mm-hmm. five years, 
you're stuck with a quarterback now with $160 million going towards his way who can't complete a damn pass in the fourth quarter. Yeah. The, we, the other kind of tagline I always say is you have to look yourself in the mirror and yeah. be honest with yourself, right, Joe? We said this all the way back to the San Francisco Giants and if they were going to trade Madison Bumgarner or not. And what was better for them short-term versus long-term? Now you look at the Los Angeles Rams, and, you know, I got to only believe that they thought that, in essence, the – the iron was still hot, you know, and you say you strike when the iron is hot. They, mm. in looking themselves in the mirror, thought they still had a championship team. Meanwhile, Joe, you and me in the summertime, we're saying we're fading the Rams left and right. We were saying this. And now with the golf money, the girly money, it's even more, Joe. They paid Aaron Donald, although I, I believe he's worth it. You know, they paid Whitworth, one of their tackles, and they're going to have the walls closing in, giving mm -hmm. them a whole lot less flexibility. Ability, I think they're going to wind up moving one of these wide receiver pieces um, to try to yep. get some of it back. But yeah, walls are closing in, so they better they better do it right now. And yep. I don't think they're built to do so. And that's the risk with trading the your assets away, trying to play for the here and now. But I mean, kudos to the teams that have done it. Kudos to those that uh, were willing to do it. I do think that's going to be. Uh, the trading deadline for the NFL could get a whole lot interesting in years to come here, guys, for some teams. Be You'll learn a lot about franchises and how they are run because that, to me, is all about front office. To me, if you have the right GM, you got a front office that uh, is willing to, you know, roll the dice but is pretty confident in what they're doing where they're just a piece away. And let's – you know, Pittsburgh was a – they had to shore up that secondary to give us the defense that we are seeing now. Minka Fitzpatrick was a no-brainer for them. I mean, they're like, hey, but you've got to know that about your team. You've got to know that about what's going on in that locker room, that we are a piece here or a piece there away that, you know, guys, we could be good. And I think the secondaries in Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they're showing you that. I'm not sure the secondary in the Rams is making them a better team. I don't know that. And by the way, what are you going to pay him to keep him? Yeah, I mean, they, remember, this is the man that literally came to training camp in a Brinks truck. It's truck. Exactly. Okay, like literally. Yep. This guy is not going for any kind of discount. He's going to yep. try to maximize it. He don't care where he plays as long as he sleeps on a bed of money. No, it's not going to be no. Yeah, no. And then, of course, the other important part, Dane, which, again, time will tell, but you better nail that draft. What good is I'm having saying? all of those damn draft picks if you if suck it don't, at it'll set you back. Look at the and Raiders. Do you trust Any Miami to make the right calls? Yeah. Did anybody trust the Raiders? Because I think they're yeah, doing a pretty right. good job, too, as well. So sure. it could make Did or break Did the Browns make all those great picks? Yep. 2020 is going to make or break franchises in the draft. Should be very interesting to see how it plays out. All right, hour number two coming up. We'll take a look at Monday Night Football. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com. Where millionaires are made. Prescott telling us the other day that, you know, he's super confident right now. He 
is a guy who, when you asked him if he's extra motivated because of the contract situation, he said, not at all. I play for free. He got his mom a house. He's happy. He said sponsorships pay for a few other things. Yes, they do. <laughs> Uh, Chris Collins, we're talking about, of course, uh, Zeke Elliott getting his payday and buying his mom a house with that money. Uh, the only problem is she died six years ago. So, ouch. Yeah, ouch. Yeah. So, I can imagine that, um, yeah, he had to come back on in the next break. He then like, later, somebody, yeah, he was like, I'm somebody sorry. Somebody got into his ear and was like, uh, dude, she she died like six years ago. So, uh, yeah, that was a, a bit of a snafu on the broadcast last night. But I will say this, it, there is, there might be something to that, because I did get a chance to see uh, Zeke talk after the game, and, and I also had a chance to see Gurley be interviewed after the game. And it's it's amazing the, now yeah, well, you know, big deal. I mean, Gurley did not get a touch in the fourth quarter of a game, guys, that was less than a score. All right? Me, that was, right, and this is a, you know, one of the highest paid running backs in the league, the highest paid running back in the league. You also had last night with Zeke, you know, averaging two yards. And after the game, he's like, no, nah, well, you know, it's uh, it's all right. You know, no, we'll, we'll go get him next time. Where I got to think before these guys got that money, Dane, they that would they seething. Like if you averaged two yards or didn't get a touch in the fourth quarter, uh, that is the risk of paying guys, you know, given running backs. Because that check's cashing now, one whether they get two yards, Dane, or they get 200 yeah. yards, that's the risk, isn't it? It is. And, you know, I mean, you talk about it now like they got their money, right? But there's so many ways. To me, it goes back to the idea of us trying to handicap motivation, right? And we don't know. It could be you talk about, like, their motivation with the contracts. We talk about motivation in other ones with kids and what, what they're playing for now that they're out of the BCS picture and things of that nature. And it is so hard. You know, the Super Bowl hangover we talk about. So it is always hard to know what's in the mind of these players and if they are, in fact, you know, kind of uh, sitting pretty or on the fat cat as opposed to being hungry. I will say this, Joe. Amari Cooper still hasn't gotten paid yet. He still looks hungry. 11 for 147 and a touchdown. He knows it's still he's still working for that contract. Looks like he's working pretty hard. $30 million to a running back getting two yards of carry. Can't do it, man. Not in a prime time game.